0: Well, you may have noticed that as usual, the church is out of step with the rest of the world. Everyone else starts their Christmas celebrations somewhere around October, but the church says, wait, let's do Advent first. And then the world is ready to move on somewhere around 1201 on December 26th. But the church says, wait, let's celebrate Christmas a little longer. A survey once asked people to identify the most irritating songs of the Christmas season. First Was do you hear what I hear? Then it was followed by Little Drummer Boy, just what every mother of a newborn baby needs, someone banging away on the drum nonstop. But third on the list was the 12 days of Christmas, a reminder that Christmas is indeed 12 days long. Now in my mind, this is the perfect Christmas song because it captures so well what many of us experience. It starts off simple and beautiful with a partridge in a pear tree. And then as the song starts to pick up steam, it it spins out of control and the gifts keep piling up and they become more and more ridiculous and the song goes on and on and on. Let's take it from the last day, shall we? Are you ready? On the twelfth day of Christmas, my true love gave to me twelve drummers drumming, eleven pipers piping, ten lords a-leaping, nine ladies dancing, eight maids a-milking, seven swans a-swimming, six geese a-laying, five golden rings. Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves and a partridge in a pear tree. Well done. By my reckoning, that's 31 animals, 50 people and five golden rings. What started so simple and beautiful, one little partridge in a pear tree has become a zoo, a circus, an out of control mess and in all of that chaos it can be hard to see what really matters. Frederick Buechner tells the story of a young minister one Christmas. He and his wife do all the traditional things on Christmas Eve, stringing up lights and hanging ornaments and stockings. They tuck in the children. They lug presents down and pile them under the tree. They spend several hours trying to assemble a train set. And just as they're about ready to collapse into bed, the minister remembers his neighbor's sheep. Yes, his neighbor has sheep and the neighbor has asked him to feed his sheep while he's away. And in the chaos of Christmas Eve, the sheep had slipped the minister's mind, so down the hill he goes toward the, toward the barn. He's in knee-deep snow. He gets two bales of hay and carries them out to the shed, and there's a 40-watt bulb hanging by its cord from the roof, so he turns it on, and the sheep huddle in a corner watching as he snaps the baling twine and starts scattering the hay around. And then they come bumbling and shoving to get at it, puffs of their breath showing In the cold night air, and he's reaching to turn off the bulb and leave when suddenly he realizes where he is the winter darkness, the glimmer of light, the smell of hay, the sound of animals eating. He's in the manger on Christmas Eve, and he only just saw it. Now, he's a minister, it's his business above all else to have an eye for such things but he is all but blind to it. He almost missed it. We almost miss it too. The whole world is the manger and it's only by grace that we see it when we do see it. So I do think there's wisdom in the church's tradition of celebrating Christmas for 12 days. It gives us time after the rest of the world has moved on. Time to ponder in our hearts what it all means. It gives us time after all the blinking lights and plastic reindeer have been put away. Time to catch our breath, to catch a glimpse of the miracle. Simeon, in our reading for today, Simeon caught a glimpse of the miracle. Now we don't know much about him, a minor character and a minor story in Luke, The infant Jesus is circumcised and presented in the temple all according to custom, all perfectly ordinary. But Simeon saw through the ordinary, saw the miracle. He took the child in his arms and rejoiced and and then he blessed Mary and Joseph celebrating the salvation, the healing that Jesus would bring, but also warning them that salvation will be costly as love always is. Love is messy. Love is costly. That's one of the lessons of Christmas, I think. I still remember when my daughter Anna was newly born and as I I held her warm, slippery body, I turned to Emily and I said, she's going to break our hearts. That's how love works, isn't it? It brings salvation. It brings healing. But it can break our hearts. It can pierce our souls. You know the Christmas story is not about perfectly wonderful people in a perfectly wonderful world. It's about messy and broken people in a messy and broken world. And there is in the Christmas story this amazing promise that God loves the messiness of our world so much that God has chosen to become a part of it. It's the promise that no matter what road we travel down, we do not travel alone that even in the midst of suffering, hope is being born anew, that even in the midst of darkness, light shines. Christmas is the story of God's grace, God's messy, costly gift of love. Love come down as a newborn baby. There are hints of that story everywhere we look. Every newborn baby is a reminder of that grace, that love. Just as every star is a reminder of the star that led the wise men, and all the world is a reminder of that manger where the extraordinary and the ordinary mingle together, where the songs of angels blend with the bleeding of sheep, where the smell of the newborn Christ child mixes with the smell of hay. Can we see it? Amidst all the busyness and happy chaos, can we glimpse that miracle as Simeon did? Love come down to live among us. And once we glimpse it, can we hold on to it? Can we keep it? Can we keep the light of Christmas burning and not just on December 25th or even for the 12 days of Christmas, but anywhere, everywhere, all at once? Henry Van Dyke talks about Christmas, are you willing, he asks, to forget what you have done for other people and to remember what other people have done for you, to ignore what the world owes you and to think what you owe the world, to see that others are just as real as you are and to try to look behind their faces to their hearts hungry for joy." To own that probably the only good reason for your existence is not what you are going to get out of life, but what you're going to give to life. To close your book of complaints against the management of the universe and look around you for a place where you can plant a few seeds of happiness. Are you willing to do these things even for a day? Are you willing to believe that love is the strongest thing in the world, stronger than hate, stronger than evil, stronger than fear, stronger than death, and that the blessed life which began in Bethlehem almost 2,000 years ago is the image and brightness of God. Are you willing to do that even for a day, even for a moment, then you can keep Christmas. And if you can keep it for a day, why not always? The good news is Christmas keeps coming. The grace keeps coming. The gifts keep coming. The costly love keeps coming. The joy and laughter and tears, they all keep coming. Christmas keeps coming day after day. All we have to do is look for it, listen for it, celebrate it, share it. May the light And love and peace of Christmas fill your hearts. And may you keep Christmas not just for one day or 12 days, but all the days of your life. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Amen.